Please join me in prayer. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also follow your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading this week comes from the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. Our second reading this week comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Living and holy God, come into our lives and address us with your grace. Address us in the very specifics of our lives and show us how to live for you. Show us how to live our lives with freedom and with love, with courage and with grace in the midst of our world. Come and address us, dear Lord. In your blessed and holy name we pray. Amen. During these days, days of transition and change, during a week that has seen the inauguration of a new president, a week when we have reached the awful milestone of 400,000 deaths in our country to COVID-19, as well as the loss of baseball great Hank Aaron and television legend Larry King. During these days of transition and change, I want to invite us today to ponder the movement that is involved in baptism, to ponder the movement that is involved in baptism. When a person or a person's small child is baptized, they are asked to respond to several questions. This morning, I want us to consider the first two questions that they are asked. The first question that they are asked is, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Then they are asked, 
Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in His grace and in His love? Do you turn away from sin and evil, and do you turn to Jesus Christ? So that at its heart, baptism is a matter of turning. To whom are we turning? Which direction are we facing in our lives? Which direction are we going in our lives? How might we have gotten turned around? These are the kinds of questions that are involved in our baptisms. Turning is the core move of the Christian spiritual life. Two moves. Do you turn away from sin and evil, and do you turn to Jesus Christ? Now, what is so interesting and so important for us to realize is how both of these moves are absolutely essential. We need to consciously engage both of them because it is possible for us to try to have one without the other. If we try to turn away from sin but are not turning to Jesus, we may drop into a kind of heavy-handed moralizing that is very keen on pointing out everything that is wrong, but we will not live with the grace and the loving help that flows to us from Jesus. We will be able to insist on all of the things that are wrong, but we will not avail ourselves of the graces the help, and the hope that comes to us from God and that God wants to give us. On the other hand, if we want to turn to Jesus, but without turning away from the broken and sinful patterns of behavior that are keeping us from being free, if we have not yet reached a point of readiness to ask God to help us step away from the addictive acts that are keeping us stuck, then we are really just looking to slap a religious label on the surface of our lives without allowing Jesus to heal us from the inside out. We need to turn away from sin and evil and we need to turn to Jesus Christ to trust in His grace to lead us forward. Turning is the core move of the Christian spiritual life. So how do you need to turn around in your life? Both of these moves, the turn away from sin and the turn to Jesus, are given to us in our two texts from Scripture today that Leslie just read for us. And these texts show us both the possibilities and the challenges that we face in the act of turning. The little book of Jonah in the Old Testament, from which we read a small part today, the the entire book of Jonah is only four chapters long, and it is a powerful and delightful story in part because it is so easy to see ourselves in it. Jonah, 
is often called the reluctant prophet in the Old Testament because God summoned him to speak a message to the Ninevites, to the people and the leaders of the city of Nineveh, Nineveh, which was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, a brutal and cruel empire that had oppressed and was hated by the Israelite people. God had summoned Jonah to preach and to speak to the people of Nineveh, and Jonah did not want to do it. So right away, we have a couple of points of immediate contact with this story. First, if there is anyone or any group of people in the world who make your skin crawl, who get under your skin, who, whom you think are irresponsible or wrong-headed or dangerous, and in our polarized society and world, it may be that one thing that we all have in common is that there may be people in the world about whom we think those kinds of things. If you have any of those people in your life, then you have a decent idea of how Jonah felt about the Ninevites. And if you have ever resisted doing something that you knew deep down you really needed to do, if you knew that it was the right thing for you to do, but you kept finding excuse after excuse after excuse not to do it, well then, you've got a decent idea about how Jonah felt about responding to God's call to preach to the Ninevites. He did not want to do it. Didn't want to go to the Ninevites, didn't want to bring God's message to them. So there's this whole scene in the book of Jonah where the reluctant Jonah ends up getting swallowed by a great fish, which may seem like a pretty threatening move for God to make on someone, but the belly of the fish turns out to be this transformative moment of grace for Jonah. And when he emerges from the fish. And seriously, how often do you get to use that phrase in your life? I emerged from the fish. When he gets spewed out from the mouth of the fish into our text in chapter 3, Jonah reluctantly goes to Nineveh and speaks the message to them. Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. One sentence. That's all. That's the sermon. There are no three points in a poem here. Just one sentence of warning and judgment. And then the text says that the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. Fasting and sackcloth were rituals of repentance. They were ways of acknowledging one's sin, ways of turning away from wicked and destructive behavior. The people of Nineveh, the hated people of Nineveh, repented of their sin. Now, 
you may have noticed in the reading that Jonah did not actually say anything about turning away from wickedness and evil. He did not actually say anything about turning to the grace of God. All he said was, 40 days more and it's over. But this story suggests that God can even use a reluctant, rather mean-spirited, one-sentence judgmental message to bring about newness of heart and change in people. And a part of the message of Jonah for the people of Israel is that if the hated Ninevites can turn away from their sin, then you can too. What a story. In our gospel reading from Mark chapter 1, Jesus comes to Galilee and preaches his own one-sentence message. The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in the good news. Now, you can feel the ways that Jesus' message is more invitational and has more hope and possibility in it than Jonah's message of doom. But at its heart, it is the same summons to turn and to go in a different way, which is what we sang about in our opening hymn in today's service. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you turn away from the fear and the grasping and the manipulation and the worrying that may have characterized your life? So many of us have been doing these kinds of things, been doing the grasping and the fearing and the manipulating and the worrying, doing them for so long that we may wonder if there is any other way to live. We may have been grasping for people's approval for so long that we may think that's the only thing we know how to do. We may have been trying to control and manage other people's reactions for so long that we may think that's all we can do. We may have been chasing some addictive behavior for so long that we cannot imagine living without it. We may be scared to live without it. But Jesus is telling the early disciples and he is telling us that we will not just be turning into an empty void when we turn away from those ways of living. We can turn from them and turn to face the loving face of Christ. He will show us a better way. He will walk with us into a better way. Turning is the core move of the baptized life, of the Christian spiritual life. Turn away from evil and turn to Jesus over and over and over. To let go of wickedness, to let go of sin, let go of control, let go of fear, let go of violence, let go of bitterness, let go of fretting and worrying and turn to Jesus. Turn to love, turn to justice, turn to trust, turn to simplicity, turn to honesty, turn to forgiveness. Turning 
is the basic move in the Christian life. And this is not a move that we make once and then we're done. Not a move we make once and for all. We don't make this decision to turn once and then we're all finished. Now, there may very well be one crucial moment, one life-altering moment of choice and decision. There may be one moment, especially if we have been deeply enmeshed in an addictive behavior or a pattern of wrongdoing and when we decide, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to let Jesus lead me from now on. There may be one moment that turns the tide, but we must not underestimate the gravitational force field of sin. We should not underestimate the seductive power of addiction to draw us back in. This is why the recovery movement talks about doing this one day at a time, over and over and over again. We turn away from sin and we turn to Jesus Christ. And in case it is not clear, we don't keep turning in order to keep God happy with us, in order to keep God on our side. God's already on our side. We don't need to constantly refresh our relationship with God to keep God happy with us, for God is always turned towards us with grace and with love. We do this over and over again, turn to God over and over again to keep ourselves on God's side. Friends, where in your life do you need to turn towards God? Where do you need to turn to Jesus Christ in trust? How have you gotten turned around? We can ask ourselves, where in my life am I turning towards fear and turning towards sin? Is it in issues having to do with my money? Issues with my time? With how I relate to my family? With how I relate to the poor? with how I relate to my opponents, my enemies? How am I turning towards fear? And where do I need to turn towards Jesus to follow Him? For when we are turned towards Jesus, we will experience a kind of steadiness, a kind of resolve and steadiness, even in the midst of turbulence, and disapproval and conflict. We can be in the midst of a storm and engaged with the elements of that storm, but doing so from a place of steadiness, a place of stillness, trust, and peacefulness of heart. Turning is the core move of the Christian spiritual life over and over and over. To God and to God alone be all of the glory, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. We praise you for your grace, for your patience, and for your tenacious love for us and for our world, O oh God. Grant us, dear Lord, grant us an extra portion of your grace this week, so that we may realize where we are stuck, where we are facing in the wrong direction, and how we can 
turn towards you and towards your beloved community of mercy, of truth, and of grace. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.